We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Auto Podcast. I am your host, Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And we finally have a victory uh, pregame show to to talk about after uh, a long time. TJ had been since last September, uh, December uh, 2020 for the last Big Ten win. But Indiana defeated Illinois 23-20 on Friday night in Bloomington. This week coming up. Uh, it's kind of a get-right game, uh, although it's not a cupcake game, as Washington State found out last week. Uh, Indiana hosts the Idaho Vandals uh, at Memorial Stadium on Saturday at 8 p.m. Uh, TJ, let's start first with last week. Um, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, I, I think the initial thought was, was definitely uh, joy um, and, and relief that a game that we had talked about uh, how important it was. And I think that, um, you know, in the, in the pregame and postgame comments from the players and coaches, uh, it was very clear that they felt the exact same way. Um, it, it was a game that they really knew we've got to find a way to get this. And they, they did. I mean, it, it, obviously came down right to the end and there were multiple occasions in the second half where it felt like uh, it had slipped away. Uh, But I I think the defense was certainly much closer to the Tom Allen defense that IU fans will fondly remember uh, from seasons past, not from 2021. They were forcing turnovers. They were creating pressure. Uh, goal line stand there that kept IU alive. Um, it, it really strong performance from the defense. While Chase Brown is is great and he got yardage, and IU was was certainly fortunate uh, to to only give up the uh, number of points that they did. I mean, I think it's on a different day. You know, Illinois probably scores 27 or 30, uh, but they got a better performance than they expected from their field goal kicker. So I, it probably evens out there. Um, on the other side of the ball, it was tremendous to see IU create explosive plays through the passing game. Connor Bazelak attempts 52 passes not his most accurate day by any means. Uh, he was certainly overthrowing, uh, throwing high on some occasions and got away with it a few times. If, if he continues to do that, 
Um, it's going to be a problem for sure. Uh, you overthrow like that, you're probably going to get picked off quite a bit. That didn't happen. Um, only one interception, and that one was one that was not his fault at all. Uh, but 330 yards, and I think it's fair to say he very easily could have had 400 um, or, or more. I mean, credit to Walt Bell in his first game for taking what the defense was presenting to them, which Illinois was loading the box, forcing Indiana to become one-dimensional, and I used new receivers, made them pay. Cam Camper, tremendous game, 18 catches, 156 yards, and then D.J. Matthews, 109 yards on seven catches, including that 52-yard touchdown, which is a thing of beauty. I, I think that the what jumps off the page right away was IU's wide receivers were much more dynamic than they have been in the past couple of seasons. It, it really didn't seem close either. Emory Simmons, Anderson Kobe, uh, Javon Swinton, and then DJ Matthews and Cam Camper, plus AJ Barner, who made some nice catches as well. That's a group that IU did not have a season ago. And it, it was very obvious how big of a difference that can make. Um, and I thought Walt Bell did a good job of getting those guys in position to be successful. And for the most part, that went pretty well. There was a big drought in the second half, but when they had to have it, just an amazing final drive by that offense to get down the field, punch it in for a touchdown to get the win. Uh, definitely a lot of things to be ironed out. Uh, that's to be expected, but it was clear this is an improved IU team. They found a way to get a win over what I think is going to turn out to be a pretty good Illinois team. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, and I think that there's quite a bit to build on for the Hoosiers as we turn to week two. Uh, yeah, the most important thing uh, from Friday's game is that IU won. And it was a game that if you go back to last year, IU probably gets blown out. And if you go back to years past, um, not 2020 and not 2019, um, IU probably loses that game. The, the Hoosiers have been on, you know, the side that Illinois was on uh, plenty of times for that. It was encouraging to see the passing game. Uh, again, the offensive line needs to be better in the run game. Uh, the, the big blow is Matthew Bedford being out for the year with a torn ACL. Uh, Parker Hanna filled in for him, but he, Parker, they might need to play somebody like Josh Sales, get some of these young guys in there. But let's look ahead to Idaho. Um, Idaho comes in. They lost to Washington State in Pullman on Saturday night, 24-17. Uh, uh, Washington Washington State had a, a handful, like three fumbles. Um, it, I think the game was a lot closer than it probably should have been. Uh, I, we talked with um, with an Idaho writer last night uh, about it, and if our fans want to go listen to the the roundtable and learn more about Idaho, I. It's up on on YouTube and and, and as a podcast as well. But Idaho went set, uh, went for it on fourth down seven times. Uh, it's a right. an opponent that IU played last year, and it should really be a get right game for IU. 
Uh, this is a game that IU should feel good about its running game, should feel good about its defense, and really they need to figure out the offensive line. And this is a good game to take a few risks with playing some guys who haven't played yet. Um, what, what are your initial thoughts on Idaho? I think that they they are improved from where they were a season ago. Um, I, I think that new coaching staff uh, bring in an experienced FCS coach that I think has, it seems to me, is definitely an outsider here. Uh, they do have a, a renewed sense of energy about them uh, that was not there under Paul Petrino. That did not go well for them. Uh, brought in a guy that knows Idaho, knows the FCS level, was a, a FCS assistant of the year um, with South Dakota State, which is a, a power at that level. So I think they're improved, but absolutely, this is a game that uh, Indiana, they need to show up for sure, but they should win. I mean, if you come out and take care of business, it's one you comfortably uh, pull away from it and, and win. Um, what jumps out to me, and this has to do with, you know, future outlook for the season, you mentioned the running game. Uh, 1.2 yards per carry against Illinois. Now, part of that, Walt Bell mentioned it, Tom Allen mentioned it, and it, it is the truth. Illinois was stacking the box. They were bringing in more defenders than IU had blockers. Uh, and they, they brought a lot of pressure to get into the backfield on runs and passes. And the pass blocking was pretty good. Um, I, Basilak got hit some. He was under pressure some. But with as much as Illinois was bringing, trusting their secondary to hold up against IU's receivers, um, there, there was a lot of pressure for that offensive line to hold up under. And given those circumstances, they did a pretty good job. However, the run blocking was virtually non-existent. There was no space whatsoever for Sean Shivers or Josh Henderson to do anything. I mean, Shivers gets 15 carries, 28 yards. Henderson, six carries, seven yards. Basilak with the long run of the day, a 12-yard scamper. Shivers, of course, the most important run of the day as he punched it in uh, from a yard or two out for the touchdown to win the game. But that's that's something that Washington State was able to run the ball. Uh, they, they had 215 yards on the ground, 5.7 yards to carry. And Washington State is not expected to be a good football team this year. They're rebuilding under a new coaching staff. Uh, so, 5.7 yards to carry for the Cougars. This is one that I'm not going to put a number on it, but IU needs to be able to comfortably run the ball against Idaho if they want to have any shot at doing that moving forward this season. So that's something that jumps off the table. Another thing that does, uh, Idaho allowed seven sacks against Washington State. Yep. I would expect Tom Allen and Chad Wilt to be looking at that, looking at that tape, looking at the offensive line for Idaho and kind of licking their chops 
to be able to send pressure. Uh, we saw it quite a bit. I mean, you saw Cam Jones break into the backfield. You saw Bradley Jennings Jr. break into the backfield. Bo Robbins got a sack. Um, J.H. Tevis had some tackles for loss. Indiana was able to do that against Illinois. I think that their expectation is going to be we can bring pressure, really affect Idaho's offense with that pressure, and either get sacks, put them behind the chains, or force them into some mistakes and get some more turnovers. Um, I think that's going to be the game plan is overwhelm that Idaho offensive line. Washington State was able to get seven. Don't know how many sacks IU is going to get, and that's not really the point. It's more going to be delivering consistent pressure on Idaho's offense by overwhelming that offensive line uh, with blitz packages and, and personnel as well. Um, I think that's going to be the game plan on that side of the ball. Uh, those are the two things that jump out right away. Uh, I'm curious, what do you think of the offensive line in general? We spent so much time all offseason talking about it's got to be better, it's got to be better, different things they can do, different schemes, different personnel groups. Bottom line, it has to be better. After one week, given what we know of what Illinois, solid defense, pretty good front, given what we know of them and the way that they attacked IU, what did you think of the offensive line coming out of week one? Well, they're better than, than 2020. And, and that's, you know, all on pass blocking. Uh, the, the run game, they need to be more physical uh, and get a push. Yeah, it's tough with Illinois stack in the box, but you got to, if they don't run it against Idaho for, you know, a, a good clip, um, then, yeah, a lot of people's fears are, or fears are confirmed. Uh, but you, you go back and you look at, there was actually a pocket that Connor Basilak could step up into. Uh, and right. uh, we haven't seen that since 20, uh, since 2020. And uh, he, they got the ball out quickly in the, in the throw game, which is a schematic um, philosophy that, that helps that offensive line. But I thought when, when Khalil Benson was playing guard um, it, it, with Bedford at right tackle, now that's not going to happen anymore this year. But I thought that that's when they had the most success rushing, when they got three or four yards. IU doesn't have to run for four and a half, five yards a clip uh, against Big right. Ten teams. They need to be somewhere between three and a half yards and four yards. That's That'll do. Um, would you like more? Of course. But that'll do to keep, to keep teams honest in the run game. Um, but, yeah, I was very shocked that Illinois was stacking the box like they did. Uh, because Indiana just picked them apart in, in the secondary. And, and Basilak overthrew a couple. He should have probably thrown a few more picks. Uh, but, you know, first game jitters, that he, he does throw the ball high, which is a little concerning. But he is very accurate. And you saw in that last, that last drive, he could be surgical when he needs to be. And, and that was an impressive last drive. So going against Idaho, it, it's – you hope they get the run game going, get some confidence in that. Um, and then on the defensive side, it's an empty the bench game. Go get players on the field, get um, some of these young guys, you know, who might be a, a four game redshirt freshman, get them in the game, 
get out healthy uh, and, and move on, uh, move on with the season uh, and start two and zero, go into Western Kentucky, and, and then you have a chance of, of going three and zero into Cincinnati. So that's that. The offensive line, people are hitting the panic button already because they couldn't run the ball. I get it, um, but they were improved in in pass protection, which is an improvement over last year, but that is a last year's improvement over last year was a low bar to clear, but Darren Hill, Darren Hill is not going anywhere until the end of the season. um, If that, so, you know, it's stop. People need to stop worrying about it uh, and things like that. And I, I just think it's a personnel thing. I think Khalil, or yeah, Khalil Benson needs to be in there and Josh sales. The, the next two games are huge for that, for the development of the offensive line. I thought they did a terrible job of that last year when the season was over. You have to go play these young guys, get the, their feet wet and, and get them seasoned and, and ready to go. Because not playing these guys because they haven't had the opportunity to play, that's not acceptable. They, they had a throwaway – I hate calling the bucket a, a throwaway game, but you had throwaway games against Rutgers – Minnesota and Purdue that you could have run out these young offensive linemen and, and get them in the game and get some some Big Ten experience. So I, I thought it's improved, but I, I'd like to see some of these young offensive linemen that that have been, you know, a, a decently high rated recruit um, get, get a shot to, to prove themselves because they need to be tougher. And maybe that's part of it is like, hey, you got to perform or you're going to find your way onto the bench. Uh, and maybe that's the philosophy that, that the offensive staff has to take, but it was good to see a pocket for the quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Saturday, if things go according to plan, and again, um, I do think Idaho is improved. Um, I think that they, are going to, you mentioned they went for it seven times on fourth down. Um, I think you are going to see a little bit of a kitchen sink mentality because why not? Um, you know, Idaho, the purpose of this game for them is getting their guys competition against, you know, reps against high quality competition, being prepared for their FCS schedule. Yep. Uh, that's, you know, and, and getting a paycheck. Um, and while you're there getting that experience, you might as well play to win, uh, which would mean being aggressive because you really do not have anything to lose entering this game. Um, but if things go according to plan for IU, I would hope that you would see Parker Hanna because he needs to get reps too. I mean, he's a, in terms of, college FBS experience, he's very much a newcomer. Yep. So Parker Hanna, Josh Sales, and Bray Lynch, I, I would hope that maybe each of them uh, get a little bit of a taste and you kind of see, see what you got uh, with each of them over these next two weeks before you go to Cincinnati, ideally. Now, game situation, score, those things are going to dictate that plan, but I would hope that that's a possibility. Um, looking at, at the defensive personnel, um, beyond the play of 
Cam Jones, who I thought was was really good. Um, it was good to see he could get back out there. That was highly concerning when he went down. Um, it, he got rolled up on, and it did not look like it felt good at all. Uh, but he was able to get back out there and give it a go. Definitely not 100% at that point, but um, enough to play. Uh, beyond the play of him and Noah Pierre, who I thought were both really good, anything jump out to you on the defensive side of the ball that you're looking to see carry over into week two? Uh, my first thought is uh, Monster Matt. I want to see Monster back on the field. Yeah, I don't think he played much in the second half at all. Um, last yeah, that, I, did, I did not hear kind of – you're right, and I, I did not hear much else about that he had six tackles and i'd be willing to bet those were all early in the first half half. yeah Yeah. um i I don't know what happened there yeah i i I really liked how the defensive line played uh especially seeing a guy like bo robbins make that play on the final drive where he he sacked tommy devito um you know all these guys bradley jennings had a good game aaron casey had a good game uh, Tevis had a great game. I'd like to see Jared Casey get more playing time. Um, I thought he struggled a little bit. I want to see the tackling get better um, as well. I think it, it did as, as the Illinois game went on. And that's just the nature of an opener uh, that you're going to miss, you know, you're going to miss, especially against a guy like Chase Brown. But this is a team where I use defense should, should dominate pretty well. Um, Secondary look good. Yeah, it's just getting those takeaways uh, again and, and seeing if Monster can be back in there because he had Josh Sanguinetti and um, he he was back there for, for, I would think, every high leverage play in the second half. Uh, so you just hope that Monster's okay. I know no, I don't think we got an update. I don't know if anybody else noticed that he was out, but um, – yeah, it's keep keep Cam Jones healthy, build some depth on this defense, and uh, get the win and a dominating win because this this defense is a lot better than than Washington State's defense. Um, and you know I I'm interested to see if they're they're going to throw Tywin Mullins way too. He had a quiet game, but that's good for a corner. Um, yeah, you know he had the one pass interference penalty, which was kind of bogus. But you know, yeah, he, not much he, contact there. Yeah, not much contact there. And you know what? The if they're not going to test them, that takes away half the field. So uh, we'll we'll see. I think the defense should have a pretty good night against Idaho. Let's go uh, matchup to watch, TJ. What matchup are you watching on on Saturday night? Yeah. So again, I think that this is largely about building for future games, and that's building from week two to week three, looking towards Western Kentucky, looking towards Cincinnati and the rest of the schedule. Um, And as I do that, I'm most interested to see what adjustments Indiana makes to run the ball more effectively. Yep. And again, we know, and it's a valid reason, not an excuse, but a reason why they struggled to run the ball against Illinois was part schematics from Illinois. I get it. You've got to be better 
than what they were there. And and Walt Bell admitted that as well. I mean, he he said, do we have to run the ball better? Absolutely. Do you have to be able to run the ball effectively to win games? Absolutely. So it was more of a, hey, here's one of the reasons why we struggled to run the ball. Here's one of the reasons why these big pass plays were available to us. And we took advantage of that. But yes, it does have to get better. And that has to start Saturday night. Um, I don't care what schematics Idaho lines up with. Indiana has to be able to run the ball effectively uh, at a pretty good clip. And really, for me, it's not about the number necessarily. It's about, okay, we want to run the ball on this play or on this series or in this situation. Can we impose our will on this Idaho defense and get that done? That's what it's going to be about. In this situation, we want to run the ball, so we're going to do it. And against Idaho, that's what a team like IU should be able to do. Yep. And it, it, it's situational running. I mean, you, you saw it with, with Purdue on, on their opener against Penn State. They, for whatever reason, did not feel comfortable running the ball late game. They could not continue to keep that clock burning, and it cost them. It gave Penn State the ball back, gave them a chance to drive down the field and get it done. You have to be able to run the ball in situations when it's called for. And I don't think that Walt Bell is ever going to be comfortable throwing it 50-plus times a game. That's not who he's ever been. That's not who Tom Allen has ever been as a coach. They don't want to do that. Uh, it, it worked out against Illinois. And it, it with IU's wide receiver and, you know, A.J. Barner, with that personnel, they might need to throw the ball more than they had planned on sometimes and and that might be what's best for the team but I'm most interested to watch what adjustments does IU make with personnel does that mean Jalen Lucas plays some more does that mean different offensive line personnel groupings does that mean different formations from week one to week two what adjustments do they make to run that ball more effectively yeah, I, 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 and I, I'm kind of over the, the jet sweeps and the reverses until you get an inside run game going. You know, we saw like a handoff to Emory Simmons that went for a loss and yep. the, the option pitch that went for a loss. Yeah, they're trying things. They're trying to put stuff on tape. Um, and, and Idaho is a good game to do that. But let's fix, you know, the, the inside-outside run first. Uh, before before getting you know too fancy too fancy with things, but my matchup to watch uh, is going to be Indiana's offensive line uh, against um, Idaho's defensive front. They they need to dominate um, this defensive front. They're they're not huge uh, and things like that. It's an FCS foe. You this is where games are won. And this is the difference. A lot of the times the difference between an FBS team and an FCS team is the line play. So I want to see, I'm watching how uh, just like you and the, in the run game and what adjustments I'm watching the physicality of the offensive line. Can you put the other guy on there behind and open up some holes for, for the running backs? And I do think that Sean Shivers is a little shaken up after uh, Witherspoon, Devin yeah. Witherspoon just planted him um, 
uh, on the first play of the game. I thought that set the tone for the Illini defense. Uh, let's go uh, keys to the game, TJ. IU will win if if they do what? Create pressure on Idaho's uh, offense, and that would mean blitz packages, defensive front, beating the offensive line, uh, getting into the backfield and creating pressure. Um, I think that that's going to be disruptive for Idaho's offense. It's going to put them behind the chains, and it's going to force them into mistakes that the IU secondary and linebackers can take advantage of uh, and force those turnovers, which then hopefully puts the offense in advantageous positions field position-wise. Uh, so I'll go with IU wins if they can consistently create pressure uh, in the Idaho offensive backfield. Yeah, that that's I mean kind of along the lines of of what I was gonna say is I, IU will win the game if they play their style of game. Um, that right. means you know run the ball effectively, pass when you need it, get people involved, create your takeaways on defense, play a sound game on special teams. That's what won this game last year with special teams. They had DJ Matthews returned a punt for a touchdown. Um, there was a pump block for a touchdown another long kick return and things like that. Uh, you know, yeah, IU scored 56 some odd points last year against Idaho, but it wasn't because Michael Penix and Stephen Carr ran all over, threw all over uh, Idaho. It was because of that, the special teams set up a lot of those scores. Um, so IU's got to play their game, it, it, you know, if that's tempo going up tempo and, and creating that or slowing it down, uh, it, it's you, you should, I, you should be able to do what they want to do in, um, in, in a game like this, uh, predictions. So I'm going to go Indiana winning this game. I do not think it will be quite as lopsided as it was a season ago. You're right. A lot of those scores were created by, uh, great field positions, special teams plays, um, things that are not flukes by any means, but uh, things that, you know, somewhat skew the, the, the disparity between the two teams. Um, I do think IU will win comfortably. I'm going to go Hoosiers, take it 45-17 to 17 over Idaho, 45-17. Yeah, a lot of those special teams are just because you have better athletes yeah. On that, I know Tom Allen doesn't like to run up the score on people, which is okay. But I think it's, on Saturday, if you're going to throw your backups in, you have to run the offense. I don't want to see Jack Tuttle come in, you know, in the fourth, you know, third or fourth quarter and just hand the ball off uh, 15 times. I want to see him run the offense because you never know what's going to happen to your starting quarterback uh, and, and things like that. So, um I'm going to go Indiana. Prepare for the worst, right? Yep, prepare for the prepare worst. For I'm going to go Indiana 55, Idaho 13. I, I think the defense puts together a pretty good game as well. And I, 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 I'll make an early call here, prediction. I think IU scores in all three phases of the game. It's touchdowns, that is, not field goals and extra points for special teams. I think they score a touchdown in all three phases. So one, one quick question on the special teams part. Uh, good performance from IU against Illinois for sure. That made a big difference. Um, were you surprised 
to see Omar Cooper uh, returning kicks, no. given the other options that I use got back there? And do you think that that is the plan for the entirety of the year? I was not shocked to see him back there because we saw him back there in fall camp. Um, I didn't think he would start back there. I thought maybe he would be the backup. Uh, but with David Ellis going out uh, and things like that, yeah, why not get Omar Cooper on the field uh, and, and things like that? I, I'm a little shocked that Jalen Lucas didn't get a shot. Um, yeah. But he didn't – I mean, oh. he didn't even get a ball on offense either. He, 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 was, uh, he was a gunner on the punt team. So I don't know if That's they – That's going to change on Saturday. Yeah. So I don't know if you alternate Jalen Lucas and Omar Cooper. I originally thought David Holloman would be the kick returner. He did it last year. Um, but I, 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 I wasn't shocked to see Omar Cooper back there, no. Uh, we saw him in fall camp returning kicks and returning punts. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think Jalen Lucas's lack of involvement was one of the big surprises for me. Um, Tom Allen did reiterate on I think it was Monday um, at press availability that Lucas is going to be a big part of the offense so we'll see we'll see what role he has on Saturday I I would be very surprised if he does not see some snaps on the offensive side of the ball uh, and get the ball a little bit on Saturday I'd be disappointed if that did not happen yeah yeah, he's a player that could do things with very little space and and make a lot of things happen if you can find it, any type of crease for him. So um, very interested to see to see that. Um, uh, it's it's an eight o'clock start. Uh, hopefully another good student uh, turnout. It was really good to see that on Friday night against Illinois. Really good student turnout. It's a great student it. turnout. At, what just shy of forty five thousand total? Yeah, just shy right? of forty five thousand total, and I would bet there was between ten thousand, twelve thousand students. The entire east side of the stadium was full. I expect another pretty good crowd. Now it is Idaho. It is an eight o'clock game, so I don't know if they stick around for the end of it if it's a blowout. Um, but I right. expect another solid crowd. I know. Uh, our friend Amanda Pavelka and the Hoosier Ticket Project are hosting over 200 people uh, with big brothers, big sisters this weekend. Uh, so they'll awesome. be in the crowd. It should be a, a nice uh, nice crowd. Hopefully the weather cooperates uh, and the forecast changes because right now it's about 90% chance of rain in Bloomington on Saturday. Hopefully that changes. Uh, the game could be caught on Big Ten Network as well. Uh, and hopefully we don't have to sit through a, a, a ton of reviews and a ton of uh, Big Ten refs scratching their butts, wondering what's going yep. on uh, and stuff like that. And at least, you know, have a working mic if you're going to do reviews. So anyway, TJ, that does it for this uh, this week's preview podcast. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, and and uh, we look forward to talking to you after uh, talking again after week two. Absolutely. Yep. Hoosier Huddle is going to have a bunch of stuff leading up to the Idaho game. Uh, like Sammy mentioned, the, the round table, new feature on the site. That's awesome. Uh, give that a listen or a watch um, on, on YouTube or, or your podcast channels. Um, and then we'll have our, our regular 
game week stuff leading up to uh, 8 o'clock kick against Idaho, and then we'll wrap that up and do it all over again the next week. We appreciate everybody following. Yep. Uh, HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indiana Hoosier football news. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Same on Instagram. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week. It is a, a short work week, and then uh, we'll be back in Memorial Stadium for Indiana football. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.